Hello and welcome to Racing Only Better and this is your day one Cheltenham Festival preview with the boys. This is just where we're going to tip winners galore for the first day of the Cheltenham Festival. We've been building up to it since literally 51 weeks ago and we are here for day one. I am very excited. Kevin Blake, how are the excitement levels? Right, let's go. Sick of talking about it at this stage. We're ready for conclusions and horse races. We don't have long more to wait. Can't wait. Buzzer. Love it. Match that level of energy, please, TC. Yep, I'm, I've been told prices are relevant. It's all about winners. So I'm going to be tipping 28 favourites in the next week or so. <laughs> well, we know you're lying to us early, but that is actually a good energy level for you, TC. I'm impressed. Dan Barber, scale of 1 to 10. Where's the excitement right now? Oh, massive seven, at least seven. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm, pitching a, uh, I'm pitching at a nine right now. And before we get going into the Supreme, we do need to remind you of the Betfair offer. And of course, dum-dum-dum, bet 10, get 10. Have a £10 bet on racing multiples and you get a free £10 bet on racing multiples with the Betfair Sportsbook. Enjoy multiples galore during Cheltenham, so get stuck in. TC, it's straight over to you. Weather watch, please. Short, sharp, what's the ground going to be? Uh, currently soft, good to soft in places. Uh, forecast, we're recording this at 2 o'clock on Sunday. Forecasts are varying from 20 mil to about 8 mil, and it's coming from Sunday night into Monday. So basically, we don't know. I'm working on the basis of good to soft because the last going stick reading, and they've only had 1.5 mil since this, was 6.3. And 6.3 doesn't really equate to the um, to good soft, good soft in places because 6.3, I'm reliably informed, was the going stick reading when Constitution Hill broke the course record in the Supreme on Tuesday last year. So make of that what you will. Interesting. Okay, very interesting ground update. But weather is going to be the issue leading up to Tuesday, but it's not going to drag us down. Let's kick off with the Supreme. Fasal Vega, 2-1, to one, top of the market. Marine National, next best, 7-2. to two. Il Tetomps, 11 to 2, high definition 9, nine to 1 in the pocket 11s, Tamarus 11s, uh, the rest big, slightly bigger prices, but we're not going to rattle through them all. It's tips, tips, tips. I want your tip and your working out short and sharp, though, please, working Dan Barber. Out. Yeah, I like your New York accent there as well. To see it up perfectly, Rich Richie style. Um, yeah, I'm with <laughs> Mullins, just not the Mullins, um, first string. I thought Diverge was very impressive last time, and I've come round to the opinion that he's a he's a potentially very smart horse, and I'm not alarmed by the fact he's at seemingly third string on jockey books because, I mean, he's a bit of an unknown quantity, isn't he? And you've got Fasal Vega, Townend was never going to get off him, and in, uh, and Ilete Tomps has beaten Fasal Vega and was the natural choice and is the second favourite as well, but Diverge didn't really have to leave the bridle to clock a, a really quick time on his latest out, and he was behind high definition on his hurdling debut, but I don't think he was ready to go that day. And you look at some of his flat form in France, you could make a case that he was on his way to being a group horse and fluent, looked like a fluent jumper, certainly looked like he got a big engine, and I thought he was potentially overpriced. I thought he had a bit of uh, star potential about him and just taking Fasal Vega out of the race, really, because of the doubts. Dan, would you like a factual fact about Diverge? We always want a factual fact. He is only the second son or daughter of Frankel to run at the Cheltenham Festival. Can you name the first? 
I don't know, his solo saxophone ran in the front yes! of it. Yes! Come oh, on, you boy. damn barber. That, that, was a, that was a popular quiz question in recent years. Yeah, but he's the second. I know it doesn't matter. I okay. Fa- oh. Found it yesterday. Sort of, you know, throw it out there. On we go. Diverge is 16 to 1. Paddy Mullins in the saddle as well. Um, Kevin, you with Fasal Vega on our Cheltenham Festival preview show. Do you remain with him? Yeah, look, it's all about your capacity for forgiveness, Vanessa. And I'm a very forgiving individual. Always have been, always have been. And um, look, I, I don't want to judge him harshly on that run. He, he smashed up Bilete Thompson the time before that. Um, I, I love his jumping technique. Um, last time just went wrong. Um, like Went a little bit faster than ideal, but more so than anything else. He came home lame. Um, he was spared a hard race by Paul Townend. Willie, the great Willie Mullins has had five weeks to work with him. And um, they're going to ride him a little bit differently, which I, you know, I've heard some people say, oh, you know, you can't just go from, you know, making the running to dropping in and everything's rosy. But, you know, go back and look at his bumpers. You know, he was always ridden a bit quietly and um, there was no issues. And it, okay. it's not like for me, he, he, I didn't think he ran away last time. I think he was asked to go quick. Um, so I don't foresee any issues there. He'll sit behind the leaders. He'll be cruising into the straight. And with a bit of luck, Vanessa, he'll go and win by four, possibly eight lengths. Okay. TC, your tip for the Supreme, please. Yeah, well, Kevin's fallen into that trap of being so desperate to get off on a winner that he's tipping the worst value horse in the race. But ah, we'll, stop. We'll, we'll, wait, um, wait. If it didn't we'll, happen last time, it would have been four We'll gloss over that. Then. Yeah, but it did happen. The horse who won the race last time uh, by nine and a half lengths, Ilete Thompson, surely overpriced, uh, isn't it? Around about 7.6. That's the best line of form going into the race. Um, just been transformed by the hood this season, isn't he? So Ilete Tomps, the form horse, around 7.6 on the exchange. I'm bringing, I'm backing win only in this because there's a lot of depth to this. I was expecting to cut up a little bit more than there has, and there's loads of, like, you know, even with Dan's selection, there's loads of horses in there could sneak into the frame. So instead of backing each way, I'm backing uh, Ilete Tomps, and I'm going to throw a few quid around a rare edition at um, around about 30 plus on the exchange. In fact, 30 is the curious each way price from the sports book. And that's the top price around actually rare edition. Throughout his run last time uh, where he scoped badly, apparently worked very well since haven't they all. Um, yeah. He come back to his form of his Kempton win in a good time from a subsequent grade two winner at Kempton. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, he could give the Irish something to think about. So Illite Tom's win only uh, and rare edition win only around about 30 to one plus. Thank you very much, TC. Let's roll on. Who do you like, Vanessa? Uh, I'm high definition each way. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very, and the very best to look to you, yeah. (laughs) I'm hopeful that, you know, they're going to have schooled him a plenty. We all know the case for high definition. It's about whether he jumps. Good luck to him. But at the prices and each way poke, I thought it wasn't a bad one. Um, on we go, please, to the Arkle. El Fabiolo, top of the market, six to four. John Bond, 13 to eight. They've been flip-flopping favourites for a long time now, and it looks like we're going to have the English-Irish clash. I cannot wait. I think it's going to be an absolute belter of an Arkle. Dysart Dynamo next in there at nine to two. St. Wire, the good top-class hurdler, eight to one. Uh, those are the top four currently bigger prices. The remainder for me, I'm not abandoning El Fabiolo now. He's one of my bankers at the meeting. Dan, do you agree? I don't know how anyone can have a strong view. I really don't. And I've heard punchy ones from both sides. I think these two horses are will prove to be 170 plus chasers at two miles or two and a half miles. Both have a potential hole in them. You've got the concern maybe about El Fabiolo 
hitting one as he did. I mean, it was some effort still to snap back on the bridle as he did in the circumstances. And then you've got the concern about whether with whether John Bond, whether that was just a bit of a one-off and down to tactics. And it might well have been um, going into that Warwick race. I was more in the John Bond camp, but I can't, I can't pretend that that didn't knock a bit of the edge off him for me for all that Calico came out and won a handicap next time battling well. Um, really tough race. He's going to be running at helter-skelter pace. We know that. Dice that dino. You can't really ride him. You just have to let him go. Could he Could he get away? I'm not so sure. I think we could see an absolutely massive performance, though, from whichever the big two does put it up, put it all together. I think we could see something pretty devastating. Which one it is, I genuinely don't have a clue, and that's not right, great well, content, but it's a reality. Thanks for that. Just a Thank minute you, mate. of a show that we're trying to keep snappy <laughs> running. Hang on. I don't, I don't know. Thanks, Dave and Barry. Keep yeah. it tight. If no strong opinion, you use... Oh, I've believed that. <laughs> what are you doing tonight, uh, Dan? Come on. Jesus. (laughs) Sorry, missed that one, TC. On you go. You can go next. Come on. Um, Very simple. Got nothing against the first three in the market. But I bet Samuel each way anti-post, mainly because I thought I was getting a snide bet, you know, uh, for the three places. But nine rock up here. So he's he's still got to be a bet. Better during the race. Uh, Grade one winner. Incredibly soft unseat last time. Be suited by the way the race is run. Sneak late. Hit third, maybe win chances yeah. now at the equation. So send by each way eight to one with the sportsy bookie. Yeah, like that. I can see I can see the case for that big time. What about you, Kevin the Arkle? Yeah, Dysart Dynamo. Um, like I watched it again this morning. Like he ran a great race in the Irish Arkle. Like he overdid it in front. And um El Fabiolo's gone by him, but it's not like he stopped. Like he's actually ended up battling away there for the placings with um with two proper ones in Appreciated and Banbridge. And this is a sharper test, shorter trip, um, sharper test. This um, the layout of the track, etc., will just suit his style of jumping better than Leopardstown. And look, the hope is they just leave him off because they've beaten him before. Let us let him go; he'll burn himself out. That'd be perfect. And I'm hoping yeah. Efren Efren Fizz or nothing else kind of takes him on um, because the key is that they, they, they let him off because he'd be okay. very he'd be a very dangerous horse to give rope to. And I just have a feeling that Townend and Coleman will spend a lot of this race looking at each other and worrying about each other. And I'm just hoping that they forget about Dysart Dynamo. Um, Echo Dan, um, proper race. Can't wait. Okay. On we go to the Ultima. We'll stick. Actually, no, TC, we'll come to you first. How many places have we got in the Ultima, please? We have seven. What? How many? Only need one. Go on then, TC. Corrick, sorry, I'll do the betting. Corrick Rambler, top of the betting, 11 to 2, following winning at the festival last year. Into Overdrive, 7 to 1. Fast or Slow, 8 to 1. Nasalam, 8 to 1. Oscar Elite, 9s. The Goffer, 11s. 3 under through 5 for the sponsor, the ownership team who sponsored the race, 11 to 1. Happy Go Lucky, 12s. Those are the first few, as you would expect. Super competitive. TC, we'll stick with you for your view, please. Yeah, uh, the obvious out of the way first. With the seven places, Corrick Ramber, 11-2, to two, is surely a bit of a no-brainer, isn't it? Been left off since fourth in, uh, the 4th in November. Very promising run there. With a view to the Grand National in mind, it's going to take this along the way, but hopefully it'll be 100% straight for this. And, you know, he's only £6 higher than winning this last year and after a really tidy, a tidy start. Still won by best part of three lengths. Uh, what's not to like about that? The one that's been the early mover, especially with a sports book, uh, on Sunday morning is Fantasticas. 
Uh, opened up at early threes, went into 25s, went into 22s, is now 14s. Sounds this like they, they've drawn... For the race, TC. They pulled up the drawbridge for that one, doesn't they? Obviously, they've seen too much money for that. Um, I've actually backed him at 33s this morning, uh, and he's still that price elsewhere. Uh, the the catering was really obvious, isn't it? He's £12 over the last year. How they've got how they got into the race is, is, a, is a mystery. Well, actually, the race hasn't even filled, which yeah. is probably unheard of for Cheltenham Handicap, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, I mean, Twister probably wouldn't have thought he'd got into it because he's got the horse down to a mark of 132. As I said, £12 over the last, last year. Got a couple of other good runs at Cheltenham to his name. Showed a bit more life at Wincanton last time where he wouldn't have been suited by the right-handed track. First time cheap is he's hit, probably hit neither here nor there. Twister's got a very bad record with this angle, actually. Two from 38 in recent years. But Tongue-tied too, hasn't he? Interestingly, one of his one of the horse's half brothers won in first time cheap pieces in France as well. So, um, yeah, I think fantastic F off a mark of one hundred thirty two looks looks well. He looks he looks a very big price. He's currently thirty two uh, on the exchange at the time of recording. So, yeah, that'll do for me. Yeah, he's currently fourteen to one on the sports book. But when I saw when he opened up, as as Tony said, around thirty threes and then into twenty fives, thought that is such a tasty each way bet, especially if more rain the better for yeah. Fantasticast. It, it actually there was there was some forties in the place on Sunday morning as well. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So all aboard that train. Over to you, Dan, for the ultimate, please. Yeah, I played in this race a couple anti posts, not got flashy price about them, but my first that was happy go lucky. Um, yes, I've heard a few people mention the stable form. They could be going better, but they've had a few placed, even if a few have run shockers. And two years ago, the COVID year, he was second to Vintage Clouds, who was running the race for the fifth time, but was well handicapped and finally had pieces on his head. And he then went to Aintree, justified favouritism that time, missed a fair chunk, but he came back, I thought, with a really good effort. Third in a rehearsal behind a grade one horse in long press. Runout was into overdrive. He's better off at the weights with into overdrive. And clearly the dropping trick was bang against him at Cheltenham next time. He, he's been freshened up again. So he's my first protocol. But the more I look, TC's half alluded to it with the mention about 11 to 2, uh, 7 places. The more I just don't envisage any horse giving weight to Corak Gramble in this race. I think he is ostensibly extremely well handicapped. What he did 12 months ago was absolutely freakish, wasn't it? I mean, he was about 15th. Like, the logistics of passing 14 horses or so in the home straight is enough. But then when he burst between those two, it was absolutely ridiculous. Derek Fox wasn't even hitting him with the stick, which is probably a good thing for this week because <laughs> we don't end disqualifications. <laughs> so he's, he's hands and heels the whole way around. And it was a massive effort at Newbury considering drying ground and getting so far back was clearly against him so I really do think he's a handicap blot off 146 I think he will turn out to be a 160 horse this fellow he's got so much ability okay Kev ultimate tip please oh yeah big swing here Vanessa um look I, I think the English are going to have the edge or the British I should say in the handicap chases all week and um, they'll win this one be a major shock if they didn't and um, they're traditionally dominant in it I like Class droppers in it. Um, fantastic costs would fit that rough bill, so I'm not going to knock that. But I'm going back to an old pal, Topville Ben. Um, oh. he, ran, he ran a belter for us at Leopardstown when everyone said the ground was too quick for him, the trip was too short. Um, he ran a stormer at a big price there. 
um, to finish third to the golfer. Um, he's six pounds better off with the golfer here and was only beaten three lengths. And the longer trip and the easier grounder, both going to be in his favour, Vanessa. He's 11 years of age, but that type of horse can win this. Yeah. And um, he's five pounds higher um, technically than he was when going so well at Leopardstown, obviously different scales, etc. Um, but he's £24 lower than his career peak. And there was more than enough promise in that run at Leopardstown to suggest to me that he has enough in him um, at his somewhat advanced age to go very well in a big race like this. And he is a star. Get the klaxon out, get the, get the flags waving. He is a standout 40 to 1 with the Betfair sports book. So load both barrels, lads. Show no mercy. Shoot first, as a great man once said. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. And I, I'm in it. Like, I watched that race back the other day, Kev. And he, on a second viewing, he runs an even better race than I thought he'd done when I watched it live. Incredible. That was a gritty old effort, wasn't it? You know, yeah. he was, he was, he was, he, it was too sharp for him. And, yeah. but in fairness to him, he just kept galloping, kept battling. Yeah. Um, you just hope oh. that, you know, it didn't rattle him up on the ground or anything. But um, look, he's, he's here. The rain's come. The trip is right. Enough a lovely weight. Tommy Dowson, let's do it, boy, son. Love it. And at a huge price, on we go to the feature race on day one. It is, of course, the champion hurdle. And Constitution Hill is up at the top of the market at one to three on the sports book as we speak right now. Stateman, 100 to 30. Next best, Vauban 11 to 1. I like to move at 16. Zana here at 50s, not so sleepy, 100 to 1. And Jason the Militant at 150 to 1. That is your champion hurdle field. Constitution Hill wins it. We all know that, don't we, Dan Barber? But maybe what chases him home? Uh, fresh air, I think. Daylight. Okay. Um, I mean, Stateman would be a, I've said this a few times now, he would be a very good, like, above average champion hurdle winner. I think he'd have won on his time frame rate. He'd have won 12 champion hurdles this century and he'd have dead heated in four. Mm-hmm. And two, he'd have lost. He'd have had to give weight to Annie Power and Honeysuckle. So he's a very good horse, but wow. it's about degrees and Constitution Hill. Frankly, Vanessa, I don't have to go down to tu- on Tuesday for work purposes, but he's the reason I am going down because I want to go and see him obliterate them. I think he's a complete freak show. Really excited to see him. Yeah, I, I love it. Here for that sort of content from you, Dan. No bet race, but I love that sort of content, that sort of hype. Kev, what's your view with how they finish in the champion hurdle? Look, I think Constitution Hill beats Stateman. I'm trying to find a price here. I see um, the sports book are going 11 to 8 about Constitution Hill winning by five lengths and Stateman finishing second. Um, that particular kind of bet builder style double. Um, and that wouldn't be the worst shout in the world. I could certainly see that happening. And um, 11 to 8 it might be a little bit more appetizing to some than um, obviously the, the, the pretty short price of the winner of the winner the the favorite mm-hmm. but look the I, I see uh, the i see that i see the two of them a fair way ahead of everything else with due respect to the rest but um yeah that's the way i see it vanessa okay tc what we're saying about lengthening our odds surely betfair has some pretty tasty prices for us here with him winning by what 15 lengths plus you, you can, you can back him at? to win by two four six eight ten, ten. twelve there's loads of options on the sports book you just go go on the uh more bets tab on the sports book and you click down and you you'll see all of those uh, i back constitution hill at nine to ten this morning to win by six lengths or more oh yeah it's very good bet i think yes I think, the, I think the bet that you outlined there kev's horrendous isn't it 11 to 2 to win by five lengths and state man um, well, exactly no the five lengths or more yeah, i can't um, i can't i can't find the 
because he was anyway. kind of four to five for for the kind of the straight forecast last week, but I can't. Find yeah, it's, it's it forty. Well, yeah, but anyway, um, people. That's, the, is that, that still when, locking around? Yeah, people can look it. at that when they come to uh, uh, listen to the program. Uh, no opinion. Constitution Hill uh, will probably win. Uh, I'm anti-post uh, when there are three places without. I actually back. I like to move it most, but I've also chucked a few quid on my old mate, not so sleepy at fifties, and Zana here at twenty-fives, um, three places. But now there's only two places, and Constitution Hill is going to win. Uh, I won't be having a fresh bet. One thing you would say for length and your odds and, and the distances for you quickly is like Espoir del M won a champion hill by 15 lengths on fairly soft ground. No, it isn't a good one. He's won every race by double digits. And I know he's never run against the state, man, but I just. Well, 12 lengths or more, 12 lengths or more currently on uh, with Betfair is 100 to 30. So. And this is the day they're going to extend him, isn't it? This is the day when they're going to... Right, we'll see what we can do now. Well, Calvin better have a word with Nico there just to make sure that everyone's on the same page. Hey, hey, <laughs> the, hey the Boyneville, there's a, yeah. not a lot at stake here with distance bets, yeah. so you, you <laughs> let him win by as far as he's able. If, if he come, it's like the old, uh, the old days. I won't mention the jockey I was going to mention, but it's, if they came out with the whip in the left hand, they were going to give it the welly, win by 20 lengths. <laughs> If they come out with the whip in the right hand, they were going to win by a snug two lengths. Ah, uh, stuff. Okay. On, we go. on we go. No, on we go. Mare's hurdle. Come on, guys. We're meant to be keeping this snappy. Sorry. The 410, two miles, four furlongs, is the Mare's hurdle. And Kev, it's only right we start with you here because this is your favourite race of the whole meeting. Honeysuckle, three to one top of the market. Mary's Rock declared for this three to one joint favourites. Epitome four to one. Brandy Love 13 to two. Echoes and Rain eight to one. Love Envoy eight to one. Huge price. Queensbrook even bigger price. 16s. Theatre Glory 22. She wears it well. 25s. And Midnight Ginger 100. That's the full field in the mare's hurdle. What a race this looks like it's going to be. And so many of these mares so talented. And Kev, this is what it's all about. We've got such yeah, a good mare's hurdle. They're so talented, they could almost be in the champion hurdle. You dare say, Vanessa. Or the stairs hurdle for one of them. Uh, yeah, this race is a fecker everything altogether because I've been slagging it for years and I don't like it in its current format. But by God, it can throw up a right good race. And that's done here. <laughs> um, and look, I, I like Brandy Love. I like Brandy Love. I have great respect for Marie's Rock. I think she'll take whacking um, and obviously Honeysuckle. But I just. I, Honeysuckle to me has been on the downgrade for two seasons, and if she can if she can win a race like this while on the downgrade, you'd uh, you'd remove Cap and give her all the credit um, that she has more than earned already, but will certainly deserve it after this. But Brandy loves the, the is the overpriced one. Um, Marcus to me has kind of overreacted to her defeat last time. Perfectly explainable. Like she hates hates with all capital letters going right handed. Like Jesus, mother of God, I only watched back her two runs from last season um, at Fairy House again this morning. Like, my God, mm. she, she's nearly beaten Allegory Devassi despite, you know, jumping as violently left as you will ever see any horse do in any race. And uh, she's whacked Love Envoy then while doing that at the at the last two. You know, this is, and she, she's rated 149 in the UK despite never having had a chance to run um, around the way that she wants to go since her maiden hurdle win. Like this to me is the most talented mayor in training right now. And oh this God. is the, this is the day she's going to show it. Um, Cause she finally gets to go this way around. Um, she just, it was a combination of needing the run and the fact that Paul Townend was on, on one rain the whole way around Punchestown last time. Um, 
that that got okay. her beat. She she's going to come on a lot, and I just That's think it. she's not. I, I think she's an All Ireland price, Vanessa. Get in. Okay, I'm I'm shocked and surprised, but your case has been made for Brandy Love at thirteen to two. Dan Barber, tell me this: Queensbrook is too big an each way price at sixteen, surely, especially if the rain comes. I'll just repeat that to you. Is that what you want me to do? No. <laughs> Uh, do I have to have a view on this? <laughs> no, you don't. You, you can just, you can, you can't. I don't want a Kate Harrington from you. I just want you to, I just want you to, <laughs> I want you to tell me if I'm right or wrong. Uh, no, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear, I'm afraid. Um, no. I'm suffering here from Cheltenham entrenchment massively because I've had two horses in my mind for this race. I thought were overpriced in the lead up Epiton and Theatre Glory. Theatre Glory, but they've both been supplemented, of course. And now Marie's Rock has jumped from the same stable into the same race we've got concerns over the ground i think it is a, an absolutely splendid race isn't it you, i mean i always think it's what the mayor's hurdle should be when the, the top notch mayors who would have run in the champion normally are slightly on the slide then yeah give them a calmer waters to run in at cheltenham and then you've got up-and-comers like brandy love love envoy etc but i do really rate theater glory and because she's the biggest price of the lot i'm going to put her up she's got a turn of pace could be blunted on soft ground but i definitely don't think she'll be out of her place at this level and she's 10 to 1 plus okay yeah she's she's a huge price 14s yeah. isn't she 16s she's currently 22 to Bloody 1 hell. on the sport right. on the i'm bench. delighted with that 10 to 1 i've got That's excellent <laughs> Excellent start to the week for Dan. Theatre Glory is currently 22 to 1 for the Nick Henson team. Daryl Jacobs in the saddle. TC, where's your mare's bet going? Uh, I bet Echoes and Rain on the exchange win only very small going into it, but I'm not pressing up. I mean, everything's rocking up here, isn't it? I mean, God, dear me, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Margaret Thatcher turned up here. Every other every other Iron Lady's turning up, isn't it? So, um, <laughs> Actually, I didn't. I didn't prep that. I just actually. She definitely hung spot. right as well. Honestly, like honest to God, oh, I just made that up. Brilliant line that. <laughs> uh, anyway, no. As those two have waffled on, no, I'm not having a bet. But I have backed Echoes in rain. But I was he- I was hoping uh, at least two or three of these wouldn't rock up against her. Okay. Get out and running, TC. No. Get out and running. Come there, we... traveling. Won't stay. TC, yeah. should we um, stick with you then and move on to the Boodles? Seeing as yeah. you haven't had a bet in the mares, but I think you are doing in the Boodles. Obviously, the juveniles. Takao is your seven to two favourite for Willie Mullins. Mark Walsh back in the saddle. Biker eleven to two. Bad eight to one. Risk Bell eight to one. Um, Perseus Way ten. Sir Allen tens. Those are the sort of shorter, the sort of top view anyway. Um, TC, I think you've got a view in this, haven't you? Yeah, but it's probably not going to run, and it's going to be my nap. Um, my angle into this race is McTeague is a surprise confirmation. <laughs> I'm devastated. Okay. He's that's what you get. That's what you get. Shrewdies are on 14 each way. Why, why is that horse running in here after that run at Kelso? Now, it could well be they just want a runner, or it could well be they want to keep the weights down for J.P. McManus and Takeo. Now, if, for example, something happens to McTeague, then Zanderbag gets in the race, and Zanderbag probably goes off at single figures, and I think he's got a single figure chance of, uh, of winning now like i said it's it, it could well be first reserve zanderbad it could well be like just like back in a napping a non-runner but he's around about 18s on the exchange he's 14 six places with the sports but i've learned six places in this and just go and have a look at his french platform 
bought for 240 grand in November from Tony Martin. I imagine that's probably as much as he pays for horses, isn't it? 240 grand. But his French platform is, you know, maybe verging towards 100 uh, rated in, in France. Last, very progressive over there. Last seen thirdly in the listed race. His three starts, you know, in hurdles have not been sure of promise behind the likes of Bikem, Takeo. Um, you know, this race is just a cheat charter, isn't it? And but Xander, if Xanderbag gets in here off his mark of 119 and there is a non-runner before, I think it's is it for one o'clock on Monday or something like that or something. Is that anyway, right? It, yeah, yeah, but anyway, are. so if McTeague or any other horse wants to do um Tony Martin a favor and Xanderbag gets into the race. Like I said, I think he's single figures and I think he'll go very, very close because, like I said, he's absolutely thrown in on his French platform. And, okay. uh, and he, like I said, he's probably hasn't been that busy in three starts. Okay. Zanderbad, if he gets in. Kevin Blake, where have you landed in the Boodles? Yeah, um, Ben Pauling's bad has been a bit of a talking horse there in the last couple of weeks. But um, I like his other one, uh, Samuel Spade. have mentioned him on here before. Um like his form, you can you can read his form and make a case that he's well handicapped. Um, like look, he had he he's had like his his last start wasn't really meaningful, short price, etc. But the time before he he tried to give eight pounds to Perseus Way and was only beaten three lengths, ran very well. And now he's receiving six pounds from Perseus Way. So massive turnaround for for a not massive defeat. And the, the but the main thing is he jumps left. And he's only run right-handed over hurdles so far. Um, I think he could show a, a lump of improvement um, for going this way around alone, as well as there being a case for him being reasonably handicapped. Um, look, he has a, a good appetite for hurdling, two from three. Um, like we talked about um, last week, whenever it was, that the weights were announced that the British handicapping team, I felt, were particularly hard on the Irish juveniles. Um, so while the Irish juveniles have been kicking the arse of the, the British ones all season, this is a handicap. This is different. And it wouldn't be a surprise to me if the Brits are very competitive. And Samuel Spade is the one I like. Samuel Spade, 20 to 1 on the sportsbook currently. Kev throwing some big price horses in in this show. Um, Dan, you next, please, for yeah, it's, the boodles. It's, so I'll start with the positives. Uh, I once backed the winner of this race, but unfortunately, statue, it's that long ago, statute of limitations have expired now. I think it was called What a Charm. Uh, oh, jeez, Arthur Moore, ch- well, cheating horse. Well, handicapped on, on platform. That's, that's basically the, the, the way this race Cheating, goes. cheating horse wins, wins Fred Winter Shocker. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's either a good flat horse well. that comes good, or it's um, it's a soft ground ex-French thing who they haven't given enough weight to because they've not had a lot to go on. And you've, you've got qualifiers of, of about 10 in each category. It's absolutely uh, amazing What's this your race. Tip, please? Uh, Perseus Way each way, I just think solid. I'm taking all the jobbers out of it, and I'm saying Perseus Way will run to a really useful level again. Hopefully, they'll jump better late in the race, and with additional places, I think he's going to be there or thereabouts. Yeah. Actually, he would have been the most solid in the race, but he, he just can't jump under pressure, can he? If you okay. like him, you must fancy oh, Samuel like Spade. <laughs> he can't. He can't finish in front of Samuel Spade. Basically, what did you just say, Daniel? It's like a counselling again. Perseus way for Dan. On we go um, to the National Hunt Chase over the three miles, six furlongs, of course, now. Uh, Gaylord de Manil, even money favourite. Chemical <laughs> Energy, five to one. Marla Mission, six to one. Manella Kruna, sevens. Mr. Coffee, nines. Bigger prices thereafter. Uh, 
Kev, we'll come to you first. Does anything beat Gaylord de Manil? Um, no, no, it should be like uh, it probably won't be as dull as last year, but I, <laughs> but I suspect he'll win well. Um, Manila Crooner is a horse I've been kind of whispering away about for this race for all season, really. He gets here if you want an each way alternative. I'd love to see Barry O'Neill um get a winner at Cheltenham, but look, can he beat? Gaird de Miss Neil, uh, I, I don't think so. Like like Gayard would have a great chance in the Brown Advisory. They're running them here. Um, I suspect Patrick will be blowing kisses to the crowd up the run in. <laughs> okay, exciting times for the crowd. Uh, Dan Barber, <laughs> well, do you concur with those thoughts? Yeah, I'm so conditioned, aren't you, to try and get a sharp prize favourite beating at Cheltenham. I mean, do they come any more solid than this? Kev's right. I mean, I think last year's race will throw up the Gold Cup winner, flash forward to Friday. But it was still one of the most boring races I've ever seen. At least we've got more runners this time around. But an absolute form standout. A grade one winner, unpenalised, running a grade two. And half of them would be better off in a handicap in midweek. So, yeah, I think it's probably fairly cut and dried. Cut and dry TC in the four-miler? Yeah, if Nicky Henderson trade Gallard to me now, it'd be in the Brown Advisory. Wouldn't be in the <laughs> my each way bet on anti both bet on Marla Mitchell would be looking a lot better than it is now. But um yeah, I'm I was a bit not only that, I mean obviously I'm not entirely sold on Gail de Menil's stamina because if you looked at me in the Irish National, and I know he hit a few late on, he, he did finish quite weakly there. So I don't think his stamina's a, a total given, although you know. Stamina's relative to class, isn't it? And as Dan said, he does meet a few uh, ruins here. But the only thing I was, what other thing that put me off about Marley's mission is um, I was reading all the way up to the lead up to the festival that Barry O'Neill was going to ride Marley's mission. And now Johnny Barry, who I've never heard of, is riding. Would Barry <laughs> O'Neill be claimed by Gordon Elliott? Is that they've got? Is there an association there? Oh, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. Well, that would worry <laughs> me. Like, like <laughs> In the lead up, Barry's going to ride him. Oh, excellent. Barry on. Oh, no. Joe Barry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was a miscommunication. Yeah. Oh, Barry, Barry is riding him. Really. Yeah, miscommunication, exactly. Um, should we do naps, guys? Let's, let's rock on to naps. We want to keep these shows short and snappy so people can listen to them whilst they're getting ready for the festival. Um, Dan, your nap, please. Um, I'm going to go with, I feel a turncoat because I've been with Happy Go Lucky and various things, but I'm going with Karat Rambler in the ultimate. Oh, okay. All right. Kev, your nap, please. Brandy Love. Lovely. That was me, play, that was me playing hurling, knocking one over the bar. Nap, please, TC. Zanderbad in the Boodles. Oh, oh the reserve. That, that old tactic. Oh, yeah. It's such a rancid race. One of them is going to be, get paid to come out. So Tony Martin <laughs> smashes him from 18s to 7s and it'll shit up. All right. Wow. What a spicy way to end our podcast. Um, right, guys. That just about wraps up the show. Don't forget, bet 10, get 10. Have a £10 bet on racing multiples on Tuesday. Get a free £10 bet on racing multiples. And this is the time to get stuck into those multiple bets. But of course, please do gamble responsibly. It's very important. Enjoy your week, but do gamble responsibly. Have a good one. That was day one of the festival done and dusted. Join us again for day two. But for now, good luck. 